here. So we are here, yeah, we're really privileged to be here this morning. Um, and we are going to start off um, what I, th I think will be a bit more of a conversation than a sermon because it's the two of us doing it together. Um, and we, we would like to share our story um, because what it is that we, that we believe you need to do um, and you need to have in place and you need to receive um, to be able to, really, to be ready to enter marriage um, is really the journey that we have both walked. Um, so Patrick and I, um, and we've both um, at different times, and I mean even Patrick's, Patrick's mother has spoken about this, we, um, we did not grow up in homes where there were happy marriages. We did not see that modeled um, as children. Um, my parents are divorced. Uh, parents, Patrick's parents are still married by the grace of God, but he's, um, you know, like his childhood years were very, very uh, difficult, and like the picture that we, that we saw did not um, instill in us hope that marriage is a good thing, that marriage is something that, um, that could be ours and that we could, could be happy um, in that. Um, and, it's, and, and we can testify to the power of God um, in, um, firstly, saving us. We both received Christ, um, you know, Patrick at the age of 13 and myself at the age of 21. Um, and from that point, um, the journeys that, that we have walked in the family of God um, and in this church, this church played a bit a important part, but, but you know, we were both on a journey already by the time we, um, we joined this church. And it was, through, um, you know, it was through the love of God and through the love of our church family that um, we, we got to a place where we not only um, you know, believed that, that marriage, a good marriage could be ours, but that we, um, we received freedom in so many areas of our lives where we, where we were oppressed and where we were struggling. Um, and we, we were able to... Um, and, and we, we can confidently say that we have had five years of marital bliss. We are incredibly happy, and we know that we have received what God has, um, you know, what God's vision is for marriage, and that is the kind of, of love that we have in our own marriage. Um, so that is what we want to encourage everyone with, that uh, you, know, you don't have to grow up in modeling this because you are part of the family of God, and this is what God has for his children. Uh, yeah. So I, I came to KIC Law in 2015. 2015. Yes. At, at that point, I'd been in a very big church, uh, one of the most prominent churches in our country. Very many beautiful young ladies and all that. <laughs> so there was no reason for me to leave that church if that was my reason <laughs> for being there. But it was yeah. But for the longest time, I kept feeling this sense of dissatisfaction. You know that. Um, and Maggie, Maggie knows a little bit about my story, like we're in the same, we're the same, we're in the same church. And I, you know, you know, Sunday morning would, uh, Sunday morning I would get up, I'm like, same for church, but I would just have this, I don't want to go to church. And I didn't have a very good reason for not wanting to go. But I just kept having this dissatisfaction about going to that particular church. And it's not that there was anything wrong, but I, I think it, for me it just felt like, you know what, your time here is done, begin to get ready to move. And I, and I knew that for, for the longest, so for the longest time I kept, visiting a few churches here and there. And then one day Maggie actually invited me to, to come to KIC Law, and at that point we were still meeting at Malmi. I'm like, Patrick, I've been going to this church, it's small, and lots of experts, maybe just come and, you know, and, and check it out. And so I actually went and visited uh, KIC Law. And I remember the very first day that I came to KIC, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was home. Amen. I knew. It's just strange, but I knew. Um, there were a few things, of course, at that point, like, I was very uncomfortable with, but in my heart of hearts, I knew that I was in the right church, I was in the right place, I was, fine, I was finally home. So, yeah, so that, that was 2015, and when I got here, I saw I just, I just got plugged in. You know, I, I, I don't, there was a crazy season where I think some of the experts go back, back home, 
uh, around July, June, July. Summer. Called the so-called summer break. It's never summer here. But it's always summer, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's always summer here, but what do I call summer break? But I remember during that time, there was a picture Sunday, I did MC, <laughs> introduced a new picture, ran off, did junior church, came back. I mean, it was, it was crazy, but I just knew, I was really, really, like I knew this is my home, this is my place. I, found, I had finally found my place in the family of God. Like I really knew that I knew that I knew that was home. So I got involved, you know, I was really serving God, I was doing so many things, I would MC, I would do setup, I would, I would really worship. Uh, if Moya wasn't around, I would do junior church. I did all sorts of crazy, I would say crazy things, because it was crazy for one person to do so much in that season, but I did because I just had this confidence. This was my family, this was my home, I wanted to serve, I wanted to really honor God. And little did I know that part of the reason I was there, that God was actually um, connecting me to my wife. So one of the things that I've got, yeah, my mom, worried, you know, I, I had several dreams as a child growing up. One of those dreams, I, I dreamed that I was actually married to someone from a different place. I was like, no, 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 that's not for me, I, I don't want that. And I remember I shared with my mom. And then I think it was, again, in my, that was my senior six vacation. My second year at university, I had a similar dream with more detail. With more detail, we were getting married somewhere near the lake and all that, like, dear Lord, what? So I said my mom, at that point, my mom was also a believer. And then she said, you know what? If God gives you the same thing once, twice, just know there's something to it. Rather than just simply saying, no, let's pray about this. So, and of course now, you know, the, 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 the mind goes places. So, does that mean God is going to take me out of here to the U.S.? Of course, I don't want to think about the U.S. as a place to go and <laughs> this white person. So, I wonder if God is actually going to, at some point, maybe get a job in the U.S., you know, move to the U.S., and that's how I'll meet my wife. And, you know, those are the kind of, you know, imaginations I had. But God, I was up, God was up to something else. Mm. So, when I actually joined KIC Lavoa um, in 2015, I think a year later, you also came mm. to, she came to Uganda for uh, an exchange program with Macquarie University. Was it at that point? Or that was no, before? no, that was also. So that was even before that. Yeah. So she had been to Uganda, and, and she had really, really enjoyed it. And she, you can, I think you can share what happened when you came to Uganda for the first time. Yeah, and and also my story, like also is I. I was very sure because in, in 2013, I, I came to Uganda for the first time, and by that point, I was a believer for two years only. Um, but I was very sure that God was leading me back here. And, and I, was very, I was very eager to find that open door um, to be able to come back because I, I, I had that assurance that this is where my future was, whatever that would mean. Um, so in 2016, I found a creek in a door, <laughs> and, I, and I went for it, and I, and I came, and God led me, he really led me to this, this church. This is the first place that I visited in 2016. I never visited anywhere else, because I was sure this is, um, this is the small community church where I can learn to serve in church, and where I can, you know, build relationships with people, and I, I knew this was, it was the right place, and, and, but also I, you know, many people come from other countries, and they come to be missionaries, and they come to serve, and they come to, but I knew I was here because I needed to receive something, like I, I had no illusions that I came, um, you know, like at that point, I, I knew that, 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 I, that I, needed, I needed help, I needed, um, I, I needed a freedom that I was lacking, and, and I knew that, that this is how God was going to give it to me, that I, this, is, this is the place. Um, so um, yeah, so I joined the church in in 2016, and um, yeah, and it was really a wonderful, wonderful 
family. It was, um, you know, it, it was a wonderful place for me to, um, to learn to serve in church because, um, you know, became a Christian at 21, went to really big, well-operating churches with professionals and everything, so you don't really learn a lot of skills, and, and you know, and, and, I, and I really knew, but this is, I, I need to grow, and, and I don't know how to minister, so um, this was, it was so wonderful. People were very encouraging. They would teach you. They would, you know, let you <laughs> and make mistakes, but still keep doing it, and, and, and it, was, it was really, really an answer to prayer, and more than that, like, um, a prayer of mine was that I felt um, I was praying to God that that older, wiser people would would invest in in my character in particular, and would help me to um, would help me to. I couldn't really explain what it was that I was missing, but I knew I wasn't free. I knew that what I, what was, what I read about in the Bible and how I, uh, the freedom that I saw in other believers, I wasn't living in. Like, but I, I, didn't, I didn't know what I was lacking, but, but my prayer was that God would, would lead me to people who would be invested um, in, in seeing me grow and would be invested in, in discipling me. And that is also exactly, exactly what he had done. And, and a few, I was here for a few months and Moira and Jerry started inviting me to, to dinner on a, on a weekly basis. So we had a set date um, and, you know, and, and they, they, just, they just answered that prayer. Um, and and they, you know, they, they were so invested in, um, you know, like seeing, okay, this girl has good intentions and she loves Jesus, but there's a lot not, not quite right here. Let's, you know, let's just be something consistent in her life and, um, and get to the root of what it is that, that she needs. And, um, and I really, I really am so grateful for, um, for that persistence, for that, um, you know, for that care where, like, there really wasn't a lot of, you know, initial reward in that, like, but they were so, they were so present and persistent. And, um, yeah, and, and I, I know Jerry, Jerry specifically felt, you know, like, he, he needed to um, to help me to address things in my life, and because I, I was open to that, he would you know he would correct me, he would say hard things, um, and uh, yeah, and, and Kimberly also had a role here, Sigas had a role here, and there were um, you know there were times of um, you know like times of fellowship, but also times of of what I believe was deliverance from oppression, and and where they would say, but you know you have unforgiveness in your eyes, or um, like what is it? Where where are these areas that that make you live under this heaviness? when you could be free. And I remember there was a night in, um, in January of 2017 and that I'd gone to the nobles' home. Sekasai was there with Moira and Jerry and, um, and they, were, they were praying for me that we were, um, like, I was forgiving a lot of things. I was forgiving myself for a lot of things. Um, and I, I, don't, I, I didn't have a full mental comprehension of exactly what took place that, that night, but the next day I was, I was free. <laughs> Um, and I was, there was an exhaustion, like I was absolutely exhausted physically, but I had something I'd lifted off me that was with me for as long as I can, can remember. And, 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 and it was really, like that was a massive, massive turning point. Um, and also like learning the tools from that point on to be able to, um, to step into that freedom myself. Because as much as people can pray for you to help you to get free from areas where you, you might be oppressed by the enemy in your own life, um, you actually have the tools and you have Christ with, with inside of you. And, and, and the amazing thing was like there was... Um, what I, what, that was the starting point, but in, in being part of this family, in um, the teachings of this church, in, um, in, in what, I, what I'd learned, and I also had gone to Bible school after that, um, is that you actually, you actually are able, because of Christ in you, um, to apply the Word of God and to, um, and to be free from the things that, 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 is, that are stealing your freedom, that is stealing your freedom. Um, so I think that was, you know, that was a massive, a big turning point in my life, and, and I, I know people, people would notice, like they would say, 
you look wonderful. You look so beautiful. You look so free. Like, like, like from all, like, like it was just very, very clear that, that a big thing had lifted. And so, you know, so that was the beginning of 2017. But in 2016, during those summer breaks, <coughs> uh, she had noticed me. <laughs> but he did not notice me. He was busy serving God. He wasn't noticing she actually, me. She, she actually noticed me first. It's like, oh, this thing is wonderful. True. <laughs> uh, uh, so it was, it, was a, it was a time when we were, again, you know, many people had traveled and we were doing so many things together. Uh, you know, and we were, we were friends at that point. We were serving together. She was, you were also doing so many things at that point. She was yeah. just going. I, I had no idea what I was doing, so but I was like, I'm going to say yes to everything and then I'm going to learn. Like, but I didn't really know. So. Yeah, so she, she noticed me. Um, and then gradually, you know how men can be so <clears throat> slow sometimes. <laughs> so eventually I, I woke up from the slumber towards the end of, of that year and I started noticing, like, wow, this, this is, a, this is a, a unique girl. Like, I don't think I've met somebody like her. Um, and you know, there's all these, you know, when I'm like, I, for, for so many years I said, like, no, I don't think I would ever want to be married to somebody. Because, like, for me, it never really, like, I was like, how could that even possibly be? But I know God was actually working in my heart as well. And then I began actually noticing, I'm like, wow, this is an amazing person. This person really, really, really loves God. I wasn't even aware of all the other baggage that she was carrying. But I was like, <laughs> I saw the way she was committed yeah. to the body of Christ, the way she was willing to serve, and she was just treating herself as she just wanted to grow and just really, really, really encouraged me and missing me. I'm like, so I, I started actually getting drawn to her as well. So as they say, I think from that point, the rest is history. Mm. But as we share what we are sharing this morning, you hear more of, of, of that of that testimony, but we, we thought we'd just kind of lay the ground, uh, lay the, give a, a bit of background with our testimony. So this morning, we were asked to actually share about how to prepare for marriage. How many of us here are married? Okay, so there are also a good number of us who are not married. So my prayer is, even as we share uh, um, on, on how to prepare for marriage, if you're married, you may feel like, oh, it's not a message for me. But probably there are young people in your life. You have a son, you have a daughter at some point who's going to grow up. Mm -hmm. And you know, we all have a part to play in actually helping people get into good marriages. We have a role to play. So whether you're married at this point and you feel like it's not your message, I hope that at least a lot who can speak to you and, and show you how you can come alongside others, other people who are not yet married, who would like to get married, and how you can support them and encourage them. And you know, be, 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 be that person like Jerry and Moira were to Lynette, or like how Royce and Bob, Bobby and Aaron were to me, and, and, and Sekasai, and all these many wonderful people we've had over the years just investing in our lives, and obviously later on into our marriage. So, and I think one of the bigger questions is, is what's marriage? And so this, yeah, as we prepare the, the message this morning, you know, I just kept thinking like, there are so many definitions out there in the world today about marriage. And, and, and I think it's important that we actually go back to the scripture and, and find out what does actually the, what do the scriptures say marriage is. And I would like to start uh, starting in Matthew 19 uh, from verse 1 to 6. It says, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these sayings that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And great multitudes followed him and healed them there. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let no man separate. That is one. Genesis 2 from verse 20 to verse 24 says, 
So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And Adam said, This now, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So from these two scriptures, we can establish some foundational truth about marriage. Marriage was ordained by God. It's very important for us to know that. It's not our invention. We didn't come up with this great mystery. Marriage was ordained by God and not man. And if we, need to, if we want to understand and appreciate this great mystery, we had better refer to him. Does that make sense? Two, biblical marriage is heterosexual and some monogamous relationship between a man and a woman. Now there are so many, other, like I said, there are so many other definitions out there in the world. And, 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 and I know we are aware of them. You know, nowadays, they, they, we call it marriage between a man and a man or a woman and a woman. And we've had crazy stories as, such as, you know, people uh, marrying animals. I don't know if you've heard of things like that. That's not what the Bible calls marriage. Marriage, biblical marriage is heterosexual, it's monogamous, and it's between a man and a woman, period. That's marriage. The third point, and this is something that, yeah, especially when you get kids, you have to be very aware of. Marriage is the closest and the most intimate human relationship, superseding even the relationship between a parent and a child. I hope you, you, you saw that as a, you know, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one. So the relationship between a man and a woman is so special, is so unique, that God says even supersedes the relationship that you have with your own children. So those are the three pointers that I thought are very important to actually look um, to see from these first few scriptures I've shared. But if you go on to Malachi 2, verse 13 to 15, it says, and this is the second thing you do. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and crying. So he does not regard the offering anymore, nor receive it with goodwill from your hands. Yet you say, for what reason? And this is what the Lord says, because the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion, and your wife by covenant, that word. But did he not make them one, having a remnant of the spirit? And why one? He seeks godly offspring. Therefore take heed to your spirit, and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. When you look at 1 Peter 3.7, it says, Husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding, give, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. The other points that I have to, that I would like to make this morning about marriage. Marriage is a covenant between a man and a woman. Covenant, it's not a contract. Yeah. It's not a contract. It's a covenant. And it's witnessed by God himself, as we read in Malachi 2. God is a witness in that covenant. It's not merely a contract on a piece of paper signed by both parties. It is a binding thing. And God is actually in, in the middle of that. So marriage is so close to the heart of God that both Malachi and First Peter tell us that how we treat our spouse can actually affect our own very prayer lives. Can you imagine? That's how special, that's how close to the heart of God marriage is. That if you don't treat your spouse very well, it does even hinder your own relationship with God himself. 
And the final scripture that I want to share, uh, even as we look into what marriage is, is Ephesians 5, 22 to 24. It says, wives, submit your own husbands as the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as a church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And so my final point this morning is Christian marriage is meant to serve as a picture of Christ's relationship with the church. And this perhaps is the reason why God is so jealous for this institution. Very jealous for marriage. It serves as an image of his own relationship with us as a body of Christ, as a church. So I, I, again, as we talk about how to pay up for marriage and love, it's also important to remember that there are people who are also called being called to singlehood. Uh, Marie, uh, not Maria, sorry, uh, Monica did a very, very wonderful message. When was yeah. that? It was uh, February of 2022. I'm saying that very specifically because the message is on the website. So if you go back to February 2022, you will find celebration of singleness. It is a wonderful message. Very good to listen to, even if you are not single, really. Yes. So what we need to remember that not everyone is called to marry. That people actually have been graced by God to actually be single. If you look at scriptures like Matthew 19, 10 to 12, and 1 Corinthians 7, 6 to 8, it says very clearly that people have actually been called to singlehood. So if you're here this morning and you're like, ah, I mean, this is not for me, it's fine. There are also people who have been called to singlehood, and that's fine. God has given them a special grace for that. But then the second thing is marriage, and even before we go into how do we prepare for marriage and all that, marriage is not meant to complete you. Yeah. Marriage is not meant to complete you. Marriage is not two halves becoming one whole, but rather two whole individuals becoming one. It's very important. If you are seeking marriage as a whole becoming complete or finding fulfillment, you're going to be one miserable person. And this is why I'm saying that. The person you're marrying is imperfect, and they are flawed in some ways. Maybe if you're like us, maybe many ways. <laughs> many ways. <laughs> yeah? So they are certainly not God, and they can't fulfill you or complete you in any way. On the contrary, this is what marriage does. Marriage is like, a, it's like having a mirror before you. Every morning you look at that mirror and you see things about yourself that you don't like. You didn't know. <laughs> So if you're thinking, ah, I'm going to get married and this person is going to make my life better and then everything is going to be okay and then I won't have these struggles that I've had for a long time. No, they're actually going to be more magnified because you have this mirror before you 24-7. I, I thought I was wonderful before I got married. <laughs> eh, the first year of marriage, I was like, hey, I have a lot of stuff to deal with. Because she, you know, she was with me all the time and she sees all the things and I'm like, I think there's something that we need to do about this particular, you know, aspect of your life. So marriage is actually a mirror that is before you 24-7, and so whatever issues you had will only be more visible and more intensified. And so this is what I believe God's will is for each one of us, is that we'll find our identity in Him first and foremost. Find our identity in Him, be fully satisfied in Him, and draw our meaning for our lives in our relationship with Him first and foremost. Only and only from that place can we have something beautiful to offer to our spouse in marriage. Does that make sense? So then the big question is, so how should we prepare for marriage? Sorry, I'm laboring because I want us to lay the foundation before my wife 
you know, takes us into the next session of what we think are important things to actually do as we prepare for marriage. Proverbs 24, 27 says, from the Amplified Version, prepare your work outside and get it ready for yourself in the field. Afterward, build your house and establish a home. You know, I've always heard, you know, in, in, among the, the, the Baganda, they always say, uh, there's, a, there's a difference between a nyumba and a maka. There's a difference between a house and a home. Uh, I've always wondered, I'm like, where is that, what does that come from? But also the scriptures, it seems to say there's a difference between a house and a, a home. And I think a home is when you... <laughs> when you have this, when you have your other part, person as part of then it becomes a home. It's no longer a house. Yeah. So anyway, Luke 14, 28, 32 says, For which of you intended, this is now Jesus, he was challenging his disciples about the cost of following him. And this is what he says. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all who sit begin to mock, to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he's able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for conditions of peace. From these two scriptures, it's, it, we, need, we understand what Jesus and Solomon are emphasizing, the fact that there's a proper order to doing things, as well as a wisdom in counting the mm -hmm. costs before taking on any major adventure, I mean any major adventure in life. Marriage is a big deal. It is a life commitment and, the, and one that we should actually prepare for as much as possible. So it's important that one has attained some maturity and laid a proper foundation to sustain marriage before they say, I do. And some of the Bible commentaries, actually in Proverbs 24, 27, seem to imply that a man should actually get a source of income of sorts. Have like a, a, you know, a source of revenue and all that before they actually start a family. That's why like, I was looking at the scripture and some of the commentaries actually go as far as saying that a man should actually have some sort of income. So there are things that we actually need to have in place before we actually get into marriage. And so that's what we want now to actually delve into this morning, is how do we, from our own, from our own experiences, um, uh, going through this journey of, you know, just being in a church and meeting and doing courtship and having all this support and mm -hmm. what the lessons we learned and the things we didn't do right, we hope as we share this morning, we can learn from our mistakes and also learn from the things that we did well. And, yeah, and, and also I can, I can add that, um, you know, like, so, so after we got married and we had our own journey, we, we started, people say, started sending couples to us who were, like, from different races, but then we realized that they were, like, they were cool things that, that people, like, struggle with and, and cool things that are, that are difficult to deal with. And it, it really has nothing to do with, you know, being an interracial couple. Like, there, there are just, there's just a, a bit of a, what we found, like, a bit of a lack of um, support, really, to, to young people who are not yet engaged, who are not yet on, on the point of getting married in six, six weeks, and then they have, like, the, you know, the official counselling um, that you do before, before the wedding. And, and we felt that there was, um, you know, there, it's important that, that there is a lot of counsel and a lot of support um, to young people, even, you know, before they, before they, get engaged. Um, and so we, um, we started our own group and we got a wonderful resource um, from, um, from the Parkinson's um, by, by Danny Silk. And it was, it was really, this, it was called defining the relationship. So we met with a couple of young people, um, some in relationships, some not, and we, and we worked through this material over many, many months and then we added more. And, and, and our lessons also, you know, also come from, from that. And, and, it's, um, and it's also to say that there's, you know, there is a lot of preparation work um, to do and there's, and there's a lot of support 
needed within our community and for people to, to be able to make, you know, to make good decisions. Um, so one of the first things um, that, that we would say um, is important to, um, you know, to have in place, and we've definitely touched on this already, but it's, um, you know, it's really the matter of pursuing the, an understanding of your identity in Christ and also a revelation of God's love for you. That is really the starting point. And, you know, it's, it's essential to, <laughs> to know who you are, um, to understand that you are completely and fully loved by God, um, that he completes you, that he loves you in, um, in a way that no person on this earth can ever love you. Like, that, this, is, this is a foundational, foundational thing, and it's, it's very, very important to, um, to have that in place before you think of, um, you know, sharing your life with another one and to actually have you know, love to give to another person, um, because otherwise you will enter a relationship and you'll enter a marriage um, wanting this marriage or wanting this relationship to tell you who you are, to give you the love that you don't receive from your father. It's, um, it's very important to establish that in your own life. And, um, you know, something that, that Patrick recommends is that you, uh, to actually go to the book of Ephesians and look out for every, every scripture where there's in him, where there's an explanation of who we are in him, and, and to meditate on that until you see yourself the way that God sees you. Um, so there's a specific prayer we would like to pray over the congregation, everyone, <laughs> and this is from Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width and the length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So this is our prayer for everyone. <laughs> and, and I think also just going back to the whole idea of identity, if you don't know even who you are, if you don't have a sense of who you are, how will you even know when you meet the right person? How will you know? If you don't even have a clue as to who you are, how will you know that you've actually met the person who is actually going to be the right fit for you? So it's very, very, very important, very, very important. And why I'm saying that is that even from my own experience, and, and again, it's just, you know, you know you, you getting impatient, and you're like, oh, the years are going by, and I'm not yet married, now I'm turning 30, oh goodness. I'm getting old, you know, and you, you know, you all, all get into a panic mode all of a sudden, and you're like, where's this person? Have you guys seen a, what they call a rabbit dog? <laughs> Where is this person? <laughs> you know, so you end up with anything and anybody at that point, if you get to that. But what we think is actually very, very important is rather than, you know, just going around and saying, is it, is it, is it Monica? Is it, is, it, is it Rachel? Is it? No. Focus on your own personal relationship with God. Get to know who you are. Get to know how much God loves you. You know, just invest in that season. And, and, and I think that, and the thing is also, every one of us is going to be single at some point. Even the marriage was single at some point. But it's important that we actually utilize that season as much as possible. When you get married, life is busy. Life is busy. Trust me, even before the kids come, life is busy. You don't have as much time as you had before. But what we want to encourage is invest in actually discovering who am I in Christ. Invest in discovering how much you are loved by the Father in heaven. 
make that, you know, just invest yourself in that, rather than trying to look around, who is it, who is it, and who is it? when am I going to my home, just making that a focus of your life. Focus on the Heavenly Father. You know, the thing is about Adam, even when you go back to the very beginning, Adam wasn't looking. Yeah. It's God who actually realized, hey, this guy needs help. <laughs> Adam didn't even realize he needed help. God realized, God, God is actually, you know, this guy needs help, let's get somebody for him. Yeah. So don't make it the, the pursuit of your life to find who that person is. Make it the pursuit of your life to actually know, just know God and how much you love and your identity in Him and then trust Him to walk behind the scenes and bring that person to you. And then the next, the next point, which is closely related, and we've talked about this quite a lot, is um, to be plugged in to your local church, to literally wrap yourself around the church. And this is, you know, this is important to do as a single person, but really in every stage of life, to be, um, to be plugged in. Like, because church is your community, it is your family, and this is the place from where you can discover your identity, from where you can you know, um, discover your purpose, learn how to operate in your gifting, and where, you know, where you can meet people who walk with you and who can call out the things that God has placed in you that you do not even see. And it is within the context of the local church that you are able to, um, you know, to really establish yourself in your identity, in your gifting, in, in your purpose. And, um, and I think you know, we've already testified about what a local church and being plugged into such a church has, has um, grown in our own lives and how, you know, how you, you, cannot, you, know, you cannot replace what, what we have received from this church. Um, and, you know, and, and any healthy local church that you can plug into and, and learn and grow and be part of, a, part of a healthy community. And so also closely related, related to that is to seek godly input, to seek godly counsel. And, and really, this, this goes for every stage of your life. And we are not, we are not to do this, this Christian walk by ourselves. We, you know, you do not see what you do not see. Like, you, you can't... Um, you can't see your own blind spots, and that's why you need, you know, people like Jerry Noble in your life to tell you, you know, everything is not about you, <laughs> or, you know, like, can you just, you know, get out of your own head? Like, it's, um, it's we all need it. We, we, we need people that, um, that love us enough to tell us hard things, um, people that we are accountable to, people that can walk with us um, when things are messy. Um, and that, you know, that you find um, in your local church. And, um, and also, it, it takes us back to really what is, you know, what is it that we, that we consider our values in this church. It's being authentic with people in relationships. It's um, having, having that family and, um, and, and investing, investing in one another. Yeah, yeah and even just, you know, you know, Proverbs, over and over again in Proverbs, you know, you come across which other say, where there's no counsel, the people fall. But in the magnitude of counselors, there's safety. You know, we need that, we need, you know, it, it has to actually become like a lifestyle for each one of us to have who actually speak into our lives. It doesn't matter how, how long you've walked with the Lord, it doesn't matter how mature you feel you are in the things of God, mm. we all need to have accountable, accountable, we need to be in accountable relationship with other people. And that, you know, and, and I like the model that, 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 that Paul and Timothy and was it Barnabas, you know, you have somebody who's literally who's speaking into your life, who is more mature in some way, but you also have somebody else who is also like you're speaking into their lives. We need to have people who can actually speak into, but we also need to have people who can speak into our lives. And that's how we actually get to have mm -hmm. a wholesome life as believers. We need to have these accountable mm -hmm. uh, relationships. They are very, very, very important. Like none of us can do this thing called life on our own. We need community. We need as much support as, as we can actually get. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that's one of the things that we are very grateful to people for about this particular church because mm -hmm. we've actually formed that. For us, we've formed a community from the time we, we met, mm -hmm. even before we met, we've had a community in this church. 
and in the lab that we supported us in the different seasons mm -hmm. of our life. We took kids down the road. We still have a lot of input from, from within mm -hmm. this church, and we are very grateful. So we need to be seeking godly counsel and input as yeah. a lifestyle, not just because now I'm getting married, I should go and seek out somebody who can speak into mm -hmm. my life, but as a lifestyle, whether you want to get married, whether you're married, whether mm -hmm. it doesn't matter, we need to have, we need to have that as an ongoing, an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, um, that, that should be the lifestyle, but also when, it, you know, when the season comes for you and, and you've met someone um, and you're, you know, you're about to get engaged or you're engaged, like, um, we would strongly recommend to start you know, what people would call premarital counselling um, at a very early stage. Don't wait, you know, don't wait for six weeks to the wedding um, because it's, it's too late. You know, you've already bought the dress. Your dad has paid for the venue. Like, it, it's going to be you difficult. If you realise, oh my goodness, there's something wrong here. This is not the right thing. It's going to be very difficult and very humiliating to step out of that. So don't put yourself in that, in that position. Um, really, um, meet with, um, you know, and, and this is something that we are also very grateful for. Like, we, we, we still had Bobby and Aaron in the church um, at the point of us getting together and getting engaged. And we met with them together. We met with them separately. Um, specifically for counsel and to, to help us to prepare for marriage because let us also add we had a we had a very difficult engagement <laughs> we had a very very uh, difficult engagement but the engagement was very very difficult and I, I think if it wasn't for Bobby we might not have made it to the altar to be very very honest very very honest because we we liked each other we felt this is what God had for us but we did not know how to resolve conflict at all like we did not you know like we did not know how to you know, how to speak to each other. Like, Patrick had a lot of noble intentions in his heart that dr drove his behavior during our, during our, our like, engagement, but he didn't explain them to me. So I was like, where is this guy? I thought we were engaged, and he's so busy, and he, like, never spends time with me, and da 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 da, da. And, you know, I'm like, there's something really wrong here. And in Patrick's mind, he was like, this is a season for me to prepare for marriage, to set up the worship team, to raise up new worship leaders, to, you know, and he's like, and, and he's like, no, 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 boundaries are important. I'm not just going to hang around this girl's house because we're engaged. We, when we're married, we're married. When we're not, and he didn't talk to me about this. So I was just like, where is he? And I didn't have, like, I didn't have, the, it sounds bizarre, but, but it was, like, we had a lot of unresolved conflict, and, and we, we would not have been able to walk it out if we did not have you know, if we didn't have people who believed the best of us and who was, you know, was willing to walk us, us through that season and help us to make the right decision. And, I mean, for our, for our case, you know, we knew, and we knew we were right for each other, but we were facing difficulty. But it, it can cause you confusion to think, am I making the right decision? Just because it's conflict doesn't mean it's not right. Like, or just because I don't understand this. And, and, and it's very, very, you know, like it meant the world to have godly counsel and, and people who prayerfully walked with us um, so that we, you know, could get married, which was definitely the right thing to do. <laughs> and, you know, and then you know, the, next, the next point, which is also um, closely related, that we've also touched on is, um, and we, we call it to address unresolved past issues, but I would rather say it's unresolved present issues, because it could be, you know, it could be trauma from your childhood, it could be, um, you know, your own your own previous lifestyle or current lifestyle, and um, um, really any, um, if you are not living in freedom, if you are still trapped in patterns of sin that you're struggling to get free from, if you're struggling with things like um, depression or um, envy or, um, if, or fear, if, if, you have, um, if you have certain strongholds in your life that you are, um, you know, like just reading the Bible and praying and asking, asking God is not 
setting you free from those things. Like it, um, it, it is very helpful to seek, um, to seek counsel, to seek support, to receive the freedom of Jesus. Um, and you know, it's, it's, if, you can, you know, if you can receive that before you take it into a marriage, all the better. Of course, the council never stops, and God's, you know, God's grace never stops, but it's, you're in a better place to enter into a marriage if, you've, um, if you have received that healing um, and, and that freedom. And, and at this point, I would like to read for us from Isaiah 61, which is definitely my favorite verse in the whole of the Bible, and it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they, may be, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. It is the heart of God for each of us to walk in this kind of freedom, to not be bound do not be imprisoned. Do not be under a spirit of heaviness. That is not what he has for us. And we can, we can walk in that freedom. Yeah, um, I, I, and I think, I think this is very, very important. So one of the things that I was actually working on even at that stage when we met in relationship, I, I was working through some very painful things. And, and why I'm going to actually talk about this very briefly is, it's one of the things that I think brings a lot of shame to our lives. I was molested as a child. And for the longest time, like, I, was, I was just dealing with that on my own. And it was causing so much pain. Good my dangers. So okay, quickly go finish it. Quickly go finish it. Come back. Of, of, of wrong behavior. But they were all linked to the fact that I've been molested as a child. You know, and the shame that comes with that, the condemnation, and, and all that, the lies that the enemy throws at you, and say, oh, it was your fault, if you had done A, B, C, D, if you, you know, that would have happened to you, and it just does a lot of damage, a lot of damage, and I'm saying that because I know there might be two or three individuals, even right here in our midst today, and you, this has been your experience as well, you've been molested at some point, or you've been abused at some point, it is important, and, and I don't think you actually, when you get married, it has to be fully resolved, but you must be on that path mm. towards resolution and healing and restoration in some way. It is important that before you embark on marriage, this is something that you, at least you are addressing in some way. So I, that was very, and, and I remember at that point for me, it, it was, you know, uh, my pastor at that point really just took me under his wings okay. and just walked up me okay. and prayed with me and, and Jerry and, and, and Kimberly as well. You know, they just helped me walk through that, 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 that particular uh, thing that I've gone through as a child. Mm -hmm. So these are things that it's important that we don't go into marriage without actually being on a path towards resolution of some of these things. Because you, you're also going to cause a lot of hurt and damage to the person you're married if this, you're not in some way trying to actually get this healed and dealt with. You're, not, you're being selfish if you're just going to marriage without actually addressing that. You're being very selfish. So I just want to encourage you, if you're even here, and that has been a your experience at some point, it's important that you find a trusted individual you can actually begin to talk to about this and not keep it as a secret for the rest of your life. Because mm -hmm. it's something very difficult to actually carry on your own. And then we, I, I think it's also important to set, to set boundaries for purity, sexual purity. We need to go very fast because our time is up. Uh, so Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from, from it. So then the questions we should be actually asking ourselves, even as singles, is what do we allow into our hearts through the windows of our souls? 
what kind of things are you watching? What kind of things are you listening to? And one of the things that probably is such a scourge in our generation is pornography. A very huge, huge, huge scourge in our, in, in our, in, in our generation. But those, those things infect our hearts. Those things infect our hearts. Those things steal and, and rob us from the joy of marriage whenever it comes around. So it's important that you are careful, that you're not allowing things like that you know, into your heart, into your, you know, into your heart through your eyes and ears. The question is, what physical boundaries are you even setting? For example, if you're in a relationship, what physical boundaries are you setting? In that, and we all go stand here and say, you can't kiss, you can't hold hands. That's between you and God and the person you are relating with. But it's important that you set some boundaries. It's important that you understand your partner, you know, the person that you may be in a relationship with, understand where they are, and understand how do I guard this person's heart? How am I honoring my behavior, in my actions, in my thoughts, in my words towards this person? How do I honor them? So I don't lead them down a path of sin. So it's important that those are some of the questions we are asking in terms of setting boundaries for sexual purity. Yeah. And then the last two. Yes. Um, yeah, so this one is a, a practical one. It is, yeah, it's also advisable. Like if, yeah, if you're thinking that, that marriage is for you, um, I mean, it's good for you, but it's also good for marriage, to just learn a few practical skills and um, to invest, you know, like to invest your your, the, the time that you know we, we feel looking back we had um, even though it, what, you know you didn't think you had so much uh, so much time when you were single but to learn to learn to cook to learn to budget um, to learn to manage a household and um, you know to learn to work with kids like something that has been really helpful in all marriage is the fact that Patrick used to babysit all the babies in his compound when he was when he was young and single and so when when we had babies and I had no idea what to do like he already you know he already had that skill down it's it's very like you you bring you bring a blessing into your marriage. Everything that you cultivate in your life can really bless your spouse. So this is, that's an encouragement to learn practical skills. And yeah, and then the last and very, very important point, I believe, is to pray and to trust God, to pray that, you know, God has, has you in the palm of his hand and that he has a good, good plan for your life and that you can trust him. You can, um, you can seek his will and his way for your life. And, and yeah, and marriage just as, as any other part, like if you are walking with him um, and he, this is what he has for you, um, you, can't, you, you, know, you can't fail to meet that person. Like if, if you're walking in the, in the path that he has set for you and if you're obedient to him and, and you're trusting him that you, know, that you can live the beautiful and wonderful life um, that he has for you. And if that involves a spouse, yeah, he, will bring, he will bring that person. And so we, we hope and we pray that for the single people who are here that yeah, the things that we've shared really will continue to speak to you. And if you're already married, that as you prepare your kids for marriage at some point, or as you help other young people around you prepare for marriage, that, that the things we've shared this morning will really continue to resonate with you and that God will actually bring more clarity and more revelation in terms of how we support even the young people in our midst as they pursue marriage. Um, yeah, so that's, 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 that's really been... Uh, that's been our journey, that's been our testimony, and we thought we would share with you a little bit of that this morning, and, and how we, we've learned from our own mistakes, and also from our own good choices in that season of our lives. So God bless you, uh, and we just want to invite Monica to come and close. <laughs>